We're so on. the topic for today's share is somewhat um, daring for myself to be doing, is about um, when is it appropriate to, to correct the Balkaira. Um, so I put an interesting uh, story on the first source in the page. <coughs> Excuse my voice. This was a Shaila that was written to Reb Benzian Meir Chai Uziel, Reb Benzian Uziel, who was the Sephardic chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael, and he passed away in 1953. And um, a very well accepted Pesach. So he was asked the following Shaila. Story happened in the Shul in Eretz Yisrael. Yerina Rabbeinu, let our master teach us. Somebody had an aliyah on Shabbos for Ravi, and he didn't read the trop um, exact. Now, this it seems to me that this was the custom in this rule was, like the original Takonas Chazal is, that whichever person, you call up the person, he lanes. Nowadays, the minhag is that there's one person who lanes, and everybody who gets called up whispers with an undertone the laning. Except the Yemenites. The, yeah, so this was, uh, I mean, this, uh, until today, there are Sephardim and Yemenite rules where they do it like the original um, Takana. Parenthetically, last Shabbos, so the Gimutamus, so everyone gets an Aliyah. Right? So the Rebbe writes in the... The rabbi writes in the le- in the letter based on the on the Tzemach Tzedek's Truva and on the Alter Rebbe that we don't do his office. We don't add any more than um, eight the seven aliyahs in the Maftir. And if you need more aliyahs, you should make extra minyanim for Kriyas Torah. So the Chayra, what's up, Shat? Why don't we add extra aliyahs? It's a mission of a Farash and Megillah that on Shabbos you're allowed to add more more aliyahs. So, so why should why should you not? Why are we so mad we not to? So the the reason is that the Alter Rebbe and the Samach Tzedek hold that that was the 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 allowance to add more aliyahs was before they made the takana that every person who gets an aliyah makes a bracha. The original takana was that the first person who reads Rishon makes a bracha beforehand. Then he reads Rishon. Then they call somebody else to read Sheni, etc., etc. And then the last person who reads the seventh aliyah gets called up and he reads the last part and makes the bracha after. So, under such an arrangement, there was no problem to add aliyahs. But once there was a takana, for whatever reason, that every person who gets an aliyah makes a bracha both before his aliyah and after his aliyah, so then it's inappropriate um, to add aliyahs. And that's got to do with the histalshalos, the history of the different stages in laning. Okay, so this person leaned for Ravi, and he didn't read the trap accurately. What were his mistakes? It happened three or four times that he wasn't, he didn't differentiate between a Pashta and an Azla, or between a Zarka and a Pashta. Now, presumably this story happened in a Sephardi shul. Now, I, I'm not familiar with the Sephardi um, tune for laning. But I think it's, it's going to be important for the topic of this share anyway to explain the difference in trop between a mishares and a mafzik. All trops, all the notes on the, on the words, are divided into two. You have either, every trop is either a mishares, which means it leads into the next word, or it's a mafzik, it's a pause from the next word. Now, in the pauses, there's different levels of pauses. You have a, you have a period, you have a comma, you have a semicolon, you have, right? So, in laning also... I mean, a, a safe pasuk would be the strongest pause, and a, a snachta would be this also a strong pause. But then um, a tevir or a pashta are also a pause, but not as strong as Rabbi Shalom. Would you pass me a chumash, please? Also, I mean, please. Um, not as strong as uh, as a period. So, um, I'm just going to open up to the last few psukim of yesterday's parasha. Um, also, the, there's passage. also the trumps. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Ah, no, it'll be easier to see it in the passage. In the Yemenite shul, they only read one pasuk at a time because they do the target. Right. So they Tadjum. don't have this issue. No, but they do because of course they have this issue because within each pasuk. 
Within each pasuk, there's no, a shot. No, the one pasuk straight. I know, but then you... But within... No. Oh, well, yeah, you can make a mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. For example... Hashem said to Moshe, the last puzzle, Hashem said to Moshe, Hashem said to Moshe, Hashem said to Moshe, Altiraisu, do not fear him. Because in your hand I have given him, I have given Oig into your hands. And his whole nation, in his land. And you will do to him, like you did. The king of the Amorites, who is dwelling in Cheshbon. Now, so the. In the middle of this pasuk and in the end of the pasuk, you have an asnacht on a soif pasuk. That's a proper period or comma. Um, but for example, take any phrase over here. In your hand, I have given him his people and his land. So, I have given him. It's a dargot tevir. So the Nasati, the Darga, is a Mesharis that leads into the Oisai. And the Tavir on the Oisai, Oisai, Veskol Amoi, Vesartsai. So the Tavir is a pause, it's a Mafsik. Now, there's two traps which the note, the, the, the note looks very similar. It looks actually in, in, in the printed Chumash, it looks pretty much identical. And one is a Mesharis and one is a Mafsik. And Truth be told, that at least in, I don't know how it sounds by this Fardim, but in Ashkenazi, Bali Kriya, and I'll confess that I'm also sometimes guilty of this, they pretty much sound exactly the same also. But they're supposed to sound different because one is supposed to lead into the, into the next word and one is supposed to separate from the next word. And that's and one example is the first three words of this Pasuk that I just read as the first three words of the next Pasuk, for example. Vayoymer Hashem al Moshe. So Hashem al Moshe is a Mahapach Pashta. Hashem al Moshe. So the first one, Mahapach, is a Mesharis that leads into Hashem's to Moshe. And then the next word, the next word is what Hashem said to is right? Hashem said to Moshe. So Hashem to Moshe. Hashem is a Mesharis. To Moshe is a Mafsik. That's like a pause. Hashem said to Moshe. What about the word he said? So that's also. A Mesharis, what you, a Hashem. The first phrase of the sentence is, and Hashem said to Moshe. So, and Hashem said to Moshe are also... Which one are you talking about, my Pach Pastor? One second. Hashem said to Moshe, and Hashem said to Moshe are all supposed to lead into each other, one word into the next. To Moshe, pause. What did he say? Altiros, you do not fear him. Now look at that pasuk. What's the trap of Mayim Hashem and Moshe? So, Vayoymer is a Kadma. Hashem is a mahapach, and Moshe is a pashta. Now, if you look, the pashta on Moshe and the kadma on Vayomer look exactly the same. They're both like a, a little... An upside-down comma on top of the Vayomer, an upside-down comma on top of the Moshe. This is a Mesharis. This is, and he said, Hashem, it leads into the next word. Yeah. Right? And that's a pause. Now, how do you differentiate? Well, the, 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 the easiest way to differentiate is that the one that's leading into the next word is printed on the first letter of the word, and the one that's supposed to separate from the next word is always printed on the last letter of the word. Mm. Now, in the more modern Chumashim, they'll sometimes print it twice, one on the end of the word or the beginning of the word, and then again on the letter that you're actually supposed to place the emphasis. Um, but Are there Kabbalistic reasons why like, they placed in the treatises by each by each certain letters, or is it all just like grammar? It's just in order to be able to differentiate from them. Um, yeah. There's also tech... If you want after, I can show you some more interesting, in order not to do... Anyway, so what happened was, this Balkaira made the very terrible mistake of not differentiating between a Kadma and a Pashta, which, in Ashkenazi shuls at least, the re I mean, every Balkaira does that, virtually, but it, it, perhaps in, in the Sephardi tune, which I'm not familiar with, it's, there is more of a difference between a Kadma and a Pashta. Um, so this Balkaira who read Ravi, it happened three or four times that he didn't differentiate between a Pashta and a Kadma. So the person who got called up afterwards for Hamishi was feeling very um, in, indignant, is that the word? Yes. 
So he decided he's going to go back and read from the beginning of Ravi. He said, the person who read before me Ravi did it wrong. It's a din of the shtatik. It's like, so what if you call up somebody and he loses his voice? And too bad. The next guy reads it. All right? So, <coughs> yeah, but it's not, but, well, but it doesn't, it doesn't puzzle the well, He dream. felt it did. Well, that's he's not wrong. Just, well, we're about to find out if he's if wrong. If you say right. the word wrong, it's one thing, but if the trap is wrong, it doesn't oh, uh, negate the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm asking. asking. Uh, you listen to the end of the show and you'll decide. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's really good. Okay, so the, the person who got Hamishi started reading from the beginning of Ravi again. And the leaders of the community begged him very strongly to, 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 to sort of not to do that and to just read from the beginning of the Hamishi. And eventually he agreed with much Agmus Nefesh. He was very, very upset about this. So that was the story. And now they were asking Rabbi Ben Sian Uziel. Um, was the fact that he went back to read Ravi again perhaps uh, just the humiliation of for the person who read Ravi and uh, haughtiness for the one who was called up for Hamishi or, or or was it correct of him to say that the person read the trap wrong and um, we uh, he should have read it again no. so that's a shayla that he got now, so let's go and study this from the sources so the next source you have is the Torah the Tor, who's the first codifier in, in the order of, that we have it, of all the halachas lemaisa, he brings two opinions from one, which at face value seem to be two opinions from one extreme to the other. The first is the Balhamanik. Kosa Balhamanik, the Balhamanik writes, Im If the, the Balkaira or the Chazan HaMakros, meaning if it's the person himself who got called up reading and he had somebody on the side, so if there was a little mistake made, so it is um, good, it is appropriate not to correct him on his mistakes publicly, so as not to embarrass him. The Because even though he made a mistake in the word, Yotsu Yedei Kriyasa, he yeah. has fulfilled the 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 the, 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 the mitzvah to read the Torah. The of the medrash, like the medrash says, shem kara aharon. What's the next word? Haron. Okay, that's one way of reading it. Um, even if somebody read aharon haron, so he completely changed the word from to a word that has nothing to do with the original word. The medrash says. He's still Yotza. We'll see later that it's possible that that word should be read Haroin, and it just means that he skipped out the Aleph. Right? Well, that's very different than changing the... Right. Sometimes but, you but change hold, a word, you change the whole oh, thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. A lot of Israelis, they don't pronounce it Aleph. Right, a lot of pronounce... Yeah. You know, the hey, they don't pronounce The hey. So... <laughs> so... And if you go to the Polishes, they do ooh instead of the ah. So oh, okay. So the Balamanik says that if somebody makes a mistake, you shouldn't correct him. At face value, it seems, I emphasize, it seems like the Manik is talking even about a mistake which completely changes the word, like Aharon to Haron. Two different people. Haron is Avram's brother, and Aharon is Aharon Akim, yeah? Nevertheless, you don't correct him. Why? Because you don't want to embarrass him. Now, it's important to point out that the Balamanik says your yotza based on this medrash, and therefore don't correct him because you don't want to embarrass him. But barring any issues of embarrassment, theoretically at least, you should correct him. It would be appropriate to correct him because it has to be perfect. But we don't because you, want him, you don't want to embarrass him. So let's say if the Balkair himself says that he prefers to be corrected and he doesn't get embarrassed from it, <coughs> so then the Balamanic, it would seem, would also agree that it's appropriate to correct him. Okay, that's the one opinion. The second opinion the Torah brings her Rambam Zal Kosov Koravitor Afilobedikluka is Achas Mahziri Nosa Aja Yikra and Obedikluk. Somebody read and made a mistake in the Torah, even with the exact diktuk, the exact pronunciation of one letter, you have to make him repeat it until he reads it exactly. So the Rambam it says even one letter disqualifies a laning, and you must 
you must correct him. If you look in the Beis Yosef, which is the next source on the sheet, he elaborates a bit on the opinion of the Rambam. He says, Rabbeinu Manoyach brings a raya from the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that anybody who says that the whole Torah is from God, except for one letter, one diktuk, he is included in the verse in, 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 in the Torah, Dvar Hashem Bozi, he's desecrated the word of Hashem. Denigrated. And therefore, because each diktuk, every nuance is important, therefore it's very important that when you read, you shouldn't make a shva noch into a shva no, or vice versa. You shouldn't make a silent shva. We call that shva no and shva noch. So you shouldn't, um, when it says shoifatim, um, you shouldn't say shoifatim, you have to say shoifatim. And when it says Vayifnu, you shouldn't say Vayifnu. Then the Bishasa brings a ride from the Yerushalmi, and um, this seems to be the most, the most, those who go with the opinion of the Rambam, including the Bir Hagra, the Yerushalmi seems to be the most powerful proof. And that is, the Yerushalmi says that in the Megillah, if somebody makes a very nuanced trap, a very nuanced mistake, it doesn't matter. Because it's only the Megillah, and it's derived from there that even, uh, and the Yerushalmi actually continues saying that even, whereas in the Torah, even a small mistake like im and v'im, and if and and if, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Never, you still have to... Um, the Megillah was established as a modern thing. I mean, the past few hundred, whatever it is, years, Megillah is not like uh, the Torah. Right, so that's what the Yerushalmi says. The Yerushalmi says that in the Megillah, it's all, it's okay to, to be mekel, but in the in, in the thing, I should put. And there's an interesting story in the, a brisker story. I don't remember exactly which brisker Rav or Chaim Brisker, his father, that when his son was by mitzvah, he told him that it's very important to read the Haftorah properly, and that if he makes even the slightest mistake, I think even in the trap on the Haftorah. Um, he'll correct him. And he says the only hatter for not to be so metactic is on the Megillah, because the Megillah, besides being part of the Kisve HaKodesh and not part of the five books, it's called an Egeras. So an Egeras, eh, we're not so makvid. Whereas um, whereas the Haftorah, which is part of Nevi'im, we're very makvid. I'm not going to go into how this fits with the fact that on Purim we're very makvid to hear every letter of the Megillah, even the Halach, if you don't, if you miss a single letter of the Megillah, you're not yet to the Megillah. But there seems to be, at least in theory, some sort of kula. And actually, as I'm saying this, I'm remembering that the Rebbe writes in one of the Ha'aris in Shiurim Sefer Tanya that we know that in, the, in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe was medayik in every single letter to the extent that there's a difference between when he writes chulu or v'chulu, etc. In English, they're both, etc. But whether it's when it's a v'chulu with a vav, with an extra vav, it, mean, it means that the, 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 whatever the etc. is, is somewhat relevant to the discussion. And, and the, there's a horror somewhere from the Rebbe, a letter, that what the, in, the le, in the last part of Tanya, Nagera Sakhaydash, over there, we're not so medayik in the chulu and v'chulu, because it's only a letter. So I just remembered the, the sushtat. Anyway, so, so that's the source of the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't say clearly, Shalom, the, the Rambam doesn't say clearly um, whether or not um, this would apply even to a trap. The Rambam doesn't have any tolerance for even the slightest mistake. He doesn't say explicitly whether this applies to a trap also. However, as we'll see later, there are some times when the trap can change the meaning um, if you have the wrong trap. And that obviously makes a difference. The Bishasa finishes off by saying that I've seen many times in front of my teachers and other great G'dayla Yisrael that people made a small mistake in the trap and the Pasach Komet or Segel and Seireh, Pasach Komet and Segel Seireh, and even though they were rebuked, they didn't make them repeat. So he said, the Bishasa says that I've seen many times um, is this he himself? To- Sorry, this is not himself talking. This is he's quoting from the Trumas Adeshen. 
the Trumas Hadashan, who is an even earlier authority than the <coughs> which also he says, that I have seen men oftentimes that the Balkaira made a mistake between in the trap or between the comments on the patach, or between the segel and the tzere, and whilst they were rebuked, meaning they were told, next time prepare your laning better, they weren't made to repeat it. Now, as we'll see, the post can point out that it doesn't mean that any time you make a difference between the comments on a patach, or a segel and a tzere, or a trap, you don't have to repeat it. It just means if you made such a mistake, which doesn't change the meaning. Now, most often that happens because in the Hebrew grammar, there's many words with a patach that when they come at an asnachto, or so if possible, when they come at the end of a phrase or the end of a sentence, they change from a pasach into a comet, or from a segel into a comet, or etc. So, for example, eretz becomes oretz, um, evan becomes oven, uh, mitzrayim becomes mitzrayim, etc. So those are the type of things which, while the Balkaira was rebuked, he was told that there's no need to repeat. Yes. Is it differentiated all between Shabbos laning and Monday, Thursday? Very, very, very good point. I'll get there in a minute. So, is, it, is the is the um, is the word comes with all that stuff? It's called the Nakudas. The Nakudas is that from Meshurbin or is it something? Sure. Yeah. So how is that? How is that shared if like, the Torah is not written by Kabbalah? That's part of Torah Shabbat mm-hmm. Without Torah Shabbat there's many psukim in the Torah with which out, with, without Torah Shabbat without the Nukudis, you could read them completely different and come out with very different meanings. Uh, it's just so <laughs> somebody once said there was a certain... It says somewhere that the word Moshe appears in the Torah X amount of times. I remember the number, so somebody said he's going to check it. So you look on Google or on Barilan and you put in Mem Shin Hei, and there were two extra. What were the two extra? It says the word Moshe in the Torah so many times. So somebody put it in, and it came out. He did a search now on a digital thing, yeah. and it came out there were two extra Moshe's. What were they? Miser. Miser, mm-hmm. and? Mashe. Kobal Mashe Yodoy. Mashe Yodoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's in this week's parsha. No, Kabbalah Mashiach is in parsha's re'ei, maybe. Anyway, Misev Ad Chameir is in parsha's mishpatim. Okay, the Bach, and again, on sort of on the on the glossing on the side of the tour. So again, one of the most more prominent paskim. I, I don't understand what happened here. It's a part of the. the sh- oh, it's there. It's just not bold. Okay, the Bach says that. Even though the Torah brings the Rambam um, second, sort of as a final say, and the Klali Hatur is that in the way the Torah words it, when he brings the Balamanig and then says, but the Rambam says such and such, it would imply that the Torah himself wants to pass like the Rambam, namely that the Torah himself wants to pass and that even the most minute uh, mistake has to be uh, corrected. Nevertheless, he says, clearly the Balamanig says that any mistake is um, is allowed um, and the minhag is like the Baal Hamanik. so the Bach says that even though technically um, the halacha should be like the Rambam and definitely you should look for a Balkaira he says who is able to read um, very precisely but Lamaisa the minhag is like the Baal Hamanik, says the Bach and any mistake whatsoever that the Balkhira made does not need to be repeated in accordance with the opinion of the Baal Hamanik. That is the Bach. Now, before we go and to summarize the thing, I want to address Reb Shalom's question. So Reb Shalom asked about Shabbos. Is there a difference between Shabbos and Monday and Thursday? So we don't really have much of... It's inter- I just want to preface also that we don't have... Hilchus Kriyatayra in the Alter Rebbe, and the general principle is that when we don't on the Sumanim that we don't have the Alter Rebbe, we follow the Mishnah Bura. The Rebbe mentioned this in the Sicha, and a, I mean, or, or other Paiskim, but the Rebbe definitely said something about following the Mishnah Bura. But either way, the Paiskim say clearly that the, on during the Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos, there when can be more lenient Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos Mincha. Sorry, one can be more lenient than Shabbos morning. And that is like this, because the Chiyuv of Kriya on Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos Mincha, and the Chiyuv of Kriya on Shabbos morning are two different Chiyuvim. 
The Chiyav of Chiyav on Shabbos morning, there's a whole discussion as to whether it's a Chiyav on the individual or on the collective, but be that as it may, the obligation is to read the whole Torah throughout the year and every Shabbos to read that week's parasha. The Chiyav of Kriya on Monday and Thursday and Shabbos Mincha... Shindless three days go by. Right. Well, it's all the Rabbanon. But the Chiyav is not to have three days, but there's a, there's, a requi- there's a minimum requirement. The minimum requirement is three alias, each person to have three Pesukim, and no less than ten Pesukim, with the exception of Purim, where we only have nine. Um, so the Paschim say that so long... As on Monday and Thursday, so long as you have th- three people reading ten psukim, and then in another, so even if somebody makes a very bad mistake, you don't really need to correct them because if without that psuk, you're going to have um, three, 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 and four. three, three, and four, or whatever four, yeah, whichever order, then um, it's not it's not as important to to to, to think, and therefore it's not necessary to 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 repeat him. Um, yeah. May I have something? Yes. I showed in Florida, <coughs> uh, we have a Chabad rabbi there at the Young Israel. There are hundreds of people, and among them maybe 50, 60, 70 rabbis or retired rabbis. So when somebody lanes <laughs> and makes a mistake, it's like thunder with all, everyone jumping up and, and giving... So the rabbi actually made an announcement. The one who stands next to him is a bucky, and he's he's reliable if there's a mistake, which there rarely would be. But the rabbi specifically said that no one should correct if you want to say the word yourself from the chumash, which I guess there's a a. Um, <coughs> Sorts for that, I don't know. Yes. But anyway, uh, uh, because it it's, goes back to the previous what you said, like, first of all, it doesn't do that much good that everyone screams, and the second is the embarrassment kind of thing is multiplied. Right. So My question is, of course, is, did that work? <laughs> Pardon? Did everybody stop correcting except the one guy? Or do they still keep shouting it out? People can't help it. It's like... It's like... It's like, it's like, it's like well, you're right. It's almost like an automatic reaction. Like you just... And then you really... You don't even realize you said it. I think that one thing... I think that one... I'm thinking back at my... My childhood, perhaps. I mean, in Chabad especially, there are many showed a very special chavivas and importance to listening and following Kriya Satoya properly. There's a letter of the Rebbe Rashab, I think I have it, I printed it, it's on my desk, which is printed in the back of the Siddur and Dach. Perhaps well one day you'd learn that letter together. But uh, if you would see how many times the Rebbe Rashab writes Chas Shalom about somebody who only uh, reads with, along in the Chumash, with the Balkaira in a somewhat audible voice, how terrible unbelievable thing and I think that I've seen many times as kids fathers try to encourage their kids to follow along in Kriya Torah and that's a very good thing but one way to get the kids like to keep them focused is by saying count how many mistakes you can find right but that I mean maybe it's a good thing but the message that it gives across is that the reason to follow along is to find mistakes mm-hmm. not as to follow along because of the Derech to the Torah that you follow along um, as it's being read <laughs> um, of course uh, on Pesach we have the famous Minag Yisrael which is probably Halach al that when the Balkhira says Ka'ila, everyone has to go Ka'ila. <laughs> so I was once leaning in a shul in uh, London, in Chalamayid in Abkhunas, in Chalamayid Pesach, 
and uh, there were some people who insisted in singing with Koyla, and based on this letter of the Rebbe Rashab, so I waited for them to finish, and then they I said Koyla. But there was one, I mean, that I do often, but the, but there was one Nundik there who decided he was going to have a go, and but I won, eventually. Uh, he, <laughs> he, said, he, he waited for you to finish. Every time I said, and he started going with me, and then after a few times, like, the Elam told him, like, enough. <laughs> but it was fun. My wife has a sister who... And when she was younger, she was very bucky in Korea. And she used to, from the other side of the kids, correct the Balkara <laughs> when she was a little girl. Uh-huh. I just want to add that it's so important to know the halachas of Korea that they were starting to get that when Ragachev or Gon was giving up the hair or giving smicha, he would give you questions on the halachas of Korea. Specifically, why? Because the scenario is, is that the rough is there alone, the, the oilam is waiting, you can't be matriarch them, you have to make the decision yourself. So you have to be very, very knowledgeable about what the halach is. So you specifically choose the Hilchos Kriya yeah. to ask questions. And yeah, if Shaila comes up in your kitchen, so you look it up. But in the Kriya Torah, yeah, if it's a Shaila in the, in the letters, then it's Yechon and Tarek. But if it's a. <laughs> in more recent years, it became almost like a minute that the bar mitzvah boy lanes the whole sedva. Uh, in my day, that, that wasn't done. You just had, uh, you had an aliyah, or you had, maybe you had mafter. But uh, I specifically know of a rabbi who was, uh, who made it a point before the bar mitzvah boy lane to say, uh, no corrections, please. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't correct, but maybe there'd be a way or somebody quietly at the side. But there have been cases where everyone jumps up and corrects the bar mitzvah boy who's been practicing for I don't know how long and is extremely, and that could change his willingness to even go on and, and continue uh, learning in the future. Yes. Okay, let's, uh, let's see how this comes. Now, as we'll see from the poskim, the simple reading of the manhig that any mistake whatsoever is excusable doesn't, is not the way we pass in Lemaise. So Lemaise, we pass in that if somebody makes a mistake, you do have to, if that changes the meaning, you do have to correct them. However, it has been suggested that at least in certain situations where there's extreme embarrassment, or it's already after leaning, and you realize afterwards, and you're going to have to take out the Sefer Torah and read it again, etc., etc. So in those situations, we will use that shitter that any mistake can be corrected. Now, the Orach HaShulchan, which is the last source on this page, the long shnickel, he goes to great lengths to prove that it's impossible to suggest that the Manhig actually meant that any mistake is excusable. And he says, "What well, the Rambam has a raya from the Yerushalmi. What's the Aruch going to do? With, what's the Mani going to do with Yerushalmi?" Anyway, to make a long story short, he says that the bottom line is that if it's a mis, he sort of wants to minimize the machlokes, and he wants to bring the, sort of bring the Rambam along a bit this way, and the Balamani along a bit that way, and basically that they both sort of mean that if it doesn't. If there's no mistake in the in if there's no difference in the meaning, then it need not be corrected. Um, and if there is a mistake in the meaning, it has to be corrected. Now, in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan says that's the the second to last paragraph. Those two lines. That's the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The, the Mechaba says this is the ruling. The Maisa Halacha. The Mechaber says that if somebody made a mistake, even with the exact um, um, uh, accuracy of even one letter, he has to be corrected. And to the, to, till this day, this is how the Sephardim Paskin, that even the smallest uh, the, uh, mistake has to be corrected. It's not clear in Shulchan Aruch where whether this applies to trop also, whether the Valkyrie has to be corrected for the slightest trop. Rabbi Vadi Yosef is a of the Racha Paskans that you do not correct for trop. 
as long as it doesn't change the meaning. However, the Ramah says, The same is true if it's about Koira. Now, the reason why the Ramah has to point this out is because the Bishasaf brings an opinion that the severity of, um, of, of correcting is only if the person who gets called up, he himself is leaning. But if there's, he is saying it quietly and there's a Balkaira, so then it's less important to correct. But the Ramah says there's no difference. However, only, says the Ramah, so he's more lenient in the Fashkenazim, only if the meaning of the word changes, and this is what Reb Shalom was referring to at the beginning, that you only correct if the meaning changes. If you made a mistake in the trap or in the vowels, that doesn't make a difference to the meaning. So you do not make him go back. But you do tell him off. In other words, you do um, reprimand him and tell him in the future he should prepare his laning better. But you don't make... How are you translating that, Gorin? Reprimand. There are those who want to say that Goyenboy means that if he's still at that word, you correct him, but if he's gone further, you don't make him go back. But the simple meaning... So you put the whip away. Right? That, the simple meaning is not like that. From the, Ramah, the, from the fact that the Ramah says that you don't correct for the trop, it seems like the Ramah understood the Mechaber to say that you do correct even for trop. Right? right? But the Maes of the Spiderman of Avadi Yosef at least doesn't pass him like that. Um, so... So that's the Ramah, you only go back for something that changes, that changes the meaning. Now, what are the type of things that change the meaning? So there's a few, there's various um, things to discuss. One is that it's clear, Lamashad Aruch HaShulchan gives an example of Keves and Kesev. Keves and Kesev are the same word with the word, with the sin and the base interchangeable, and they mean the same thing, they both mean a sheep. But if you read the word wrong, he says everyone would agree, um, you have to, you have you to have go, to but you do have to change back. Why would that be the case if it means the exact same thing? Because it's a different word. He says that it's a different word, and you do it have to. It's a different word, but it means the same thing, exactly the same thing. It's a big shadow why it's even changed. That's the way the Aruch HaShulchan rules. And it seems like that's the type of things that, that's how the Pasch will understand <laughs> it. That the, 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 I actually, one of the, the first time I lay in there, I remember I was 14 years old, I lay in a very big shul in London, Parashas Vayetze, and there's a lot of Kvasim and Ksavim going on over there. Uh, there it's actually, I think they're all Ksavim. And I made a mistake, and um, the rabbi corrected me. Um, so... So you never got over it in all these years? He's So, Reb Shleimer Zalman Oyerbach says that if you add an extra word in, you don't, need to, you don't need to go back for that. But if you skipped a word, even if um, there's no mistake... You, it, there's no difference in the meaning, you still have to go back. So, for example, in Parashas B'Shalach, he gives an example. I hardened Pari's heart. Ki ani es what if you would say, Ki and you skip the word Ani? It still means I hardened his heart. But nevertheless, you skip the word, you have to go back. Now, there's something to be said. So, so what's other examples of things which could make it... So, so Ace and S, for example, are never a reason... For correction, for sure not. For Ashkenazim, perhaps even for Svardim not. No, it doesn't mean that you should, the Balkhoira should, again, none of this means that the Balkhoira shouldn't be Macbeth. The Balkhoira should be Macbeth on S and Ace. And perhaps, if the Balkhoira explicitly says that he doesn't mind, then you should correct for S and Ace also, except that usually in most rules, it just, it makes the laning drags on and people don't like it and it involves all sorts of and policies, and then everyone, like Rabbi said, you have to have a rule and order that there's sort of, you know, but, but we're talking about, we're not talking about how the Balkhira should prepare his learning, the Balkhira should prepare his learning 100%, but if he made the mistake of SNA, so then for Ashkenazim, you for sure do not correct him. Same true is with all words that change at the end of the sentence, like Eretz, Oretz, Deles, Doles, etc., etc., um, now, 
Another one that does have to be corrected is what the Vav, cha- depending on the, 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 we're not getting in, into all the Vav without getting into the laws of Dikduk, sometimes the Vav at the beginning of the word could, with, the, route, the, with, the, route, with the correct vowelization, could change, change it from the tense. the tense, from the future to the past. Right. So, uh, here's, here's some examples of vowels that could change. So, Vyotsa means, and he, sh- he shall go out. Vayetse means, and he went out. Or even, Vyotsa, and he, he shall go out. Yeah, okay. There's other examples which are less thing. Okay, he's just trying, showing how vowels make a difference. Chelev and Cholov. Right? Chelev is fat, Cholov is milk. Chatosi is my sin, Chatosi is I have sinned. So it depends if there's a Pasach or a Chomet under the Ches. Now, there are even cases where Shvano and Shvanoch can make a difference in the meaning. So, for example, in Parshish B'Shalach, every day in Davening, what's the next word? What? The nation feared Hashem. If you say Vayiru without the Shvano, it means they saw Hashem. They saw Hashem or they feared Hashem. So there you have an example of a shvano that would that would change the word. Um, what about v'chol and v'choil? V'chol and doesn't change the meaning of the word. Okay. Um, and then you have there's are many cases where the vav of the whether there's a shvo or patach under the vav could make a difference. And that's a shvano vayiru. Vayiru on the reish is a shvano. Vayiru. That's what you said. Yeah. Okay, now, what about, what, it's interesting, one of the people, quite typically actually, who has a lot of big kulas in this thing, is the Eshel Avram. In the back of the Shulchan Aruch, it's printed the Eshel Avram from the Butchotcherov. The Eshel Avram is written in a way, some, sometimes it's very difficult to understand what he's actually saying. It's almost like he's thinking as he's writing. But he's a very well-accepted person, the Rebbe quotes him many times. The Rebbe, one of the famous things the Rebbe quotes him for is that the person who says Hamoitzi and Lachemishna could be Moitzi, everyone in the Chiv of Lachemishna, even if afterward you make your own bracha Hamoitzi, that's the Rebbe quotes from the Yishlav There's many things quoted from the Bacharach So he has um, many kulas in this thing. So, for example, one of his things he says that if a person, that um, certain things, even though the Pshutish al Mikra. you say the Tashirah? Bacharach. Bacharach. Has he Montreal. He was born in 17... He's very chesidish. He was born in 1770, <laughs> and he passed away in 1840. What was his phone number? <laughs> his name here was Rabbi Avram David Varman, as I state. Yeah. He's known as the Eishel Avram, which is part of the Prima Godim, which is also printed in the back of Shulchan Aruch, and the new Shulchan Aruch is in the bottom of the page. And then there's Eishel Avram Buchach, 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 It's a city in Poland. Um, there's a there's a tefillah that many people not in, it's not in our city. There's a tefillah that many people say every single morning, um, saying that all the shamus that I say throughout the day, whenever I say Hashem's name, and I forget to have the proper intention that Hashem means. The Hashem means hoya hoya v'yiya, and the Kim means uh, the master of Teva, etc., etc. So you say tefillah in the beginning of the day, that should sort of work for all the shamus. I say that what tefillah was composed by the Butchacharov. So he says, so he has a number of kulas, but one of them is, he says that when you say a mitzvah, even though the mitzvah is supposed to be said, in, it's written in the future tense, but if you, the, in the past tense or the future tense, if you change it, he says that doesn't matter so much because the will of Hashem is infinite, so it doesn't matter. Oh. Anyway, he has an interest. It's very typical. He has those type of those type of colors. Another color that he has a very big color, which Ramosha Feinstein in a tshuva. I saw this years ago. I didn't. I didn't find it now to look it up. But Ramosha Feinstein in a tshuva says. Ramosha Feinstein. Sorry, Ramosha Feinstein says it tentatively. He says Sarachion. It's unclear, but. Um, but the uh, Bucharov also says this: that if a person looks in the chumash, and um, if a person looks in the chumash and sees the word properly, and then goes back in the Torah, even if he said it before he saw it inside, 
if you say it within toich kedei dibur, within a couple of sec- uh, two seconds or whatever it is, from when you see the word inside, then that could combine it. It's considered as if you read it inside. So Ramosha Fanshin says Tzorich and perhaps one could suggest this. He doesn't quote the Yishev Avram. Yishev Avram also says this again. It's not lachatchilu we're to read every word inside, and it's very important when you're learning. You, you go from one line to the next, or from one column to the next. You have to actually look at the word as you're saying it. But uh, but the Yavet, so there's all these things to rely on. Now, what about a mapik hay? So a mapik hay means a hay at the end of a word. When the word means hers or its, it's so you get a dot in the hay, which means that in, instead of the hay becoming a silent hay, being a silent hay, it becomes a pronounced hay. So, um, the word la... It's is just pronou- like giving an extra <coughs> breath at the end. It's not a, a clear, loud pronunciation. It's just like you're breathing out. Well, you're pronouncing hey without any vowel under it. Yeah. So it's but there's no yeah, vowel, that's what right? I'm talking about. So, yeah. for example, the word la is supposed to be pronounced la. Or we had in the beginning of yesterday's Kriya, I think, in Rishon, there was a few as as so, do you have to correct the Balkaira who doesn't say the hey properly? Now, I'll just point out something which has nothing to do with this, but it, I think a lot of people don't realize this. A patach ches at the end of the word, instead of being cha, becomes ach. So, koi ach. No, koi cha, koi ach. The same is true with a patach hey. A patach hey would always be a mapik hey. Uh, you only, you know, there's no such thing as a patachet at the end of the word unless it also has a dot in it. So most commonly when we say this is in the last pasuk of B'tseis Yisrael Mitzrayim. We say, So the way to pronounce that word correctly is that the last syllable of the word is ah, not ha. So I'll say the whole pasuk. Is that the whole pasuk? I don't want to say half a pasuk. No, it's well, the, if I say the Kuf people get confused, I'll just tell them it's faulty. Um, I've often hear people down in the Ahmed saying it wrong, so the way to read that word is That's the way to pronounce that word. Anyway, so back to the thing. So, so the do Patach you, takes the hay away? The, no, the, pronounce the, patach, the patach, patach. patach goes back. So instead of saying the Patach on the hay, you say the Patach on the invisible Aleph. Just like koyach, you're adding in an aleph before the ches. So here you add in an aleph before the hay. You put the patach onto the... Just like you put... But just like when you but say koyach... the hay vanishes, basically. No, so you go the... No, You have the hay without any vowel. Right? Just like you have koyach, you have the... You move the aleph, the patach onto the aleph, and you have a silent ches, koyach. So here you have a silent hay. You don't have a silent it's a silent, uh, not silent, uh, a vowelless, uh, sorry, vowelless. a vowelless ches. So here also you have a vowelless um, thing. So what about putting a patach, what about if somebody skips a shvono, uh, sorry, a mapike? So the Bachachirov says that there's one place in the Torah, um, Vayikra lo noivach bishmoi. Vayikra lo. It's in, it's in Matis. Matis, very good, thank you. Vayikra lo. Shkoya. The last pasuk of Matis, my wife loves you. Says, and he calls it, she's taken. And it <laughs> says, um, it's, the last pasuk of the Matos is that Noivach went and conquered Kunos and the suburbs, surrounding villages, and he called it, La, it, Noivach, called it Noivach Bishmoy after his own name. So there the word La, Alpi grammar should have a dot, it could be La, but it's not, it's just La, there's no dot in the A. Um, and Rashi says that the reason is because this lo- this city didn't last under his name. It didn't. It didn't last very long, and therefore it's similar to the word loy. No, not so. It's so because of that. So the Bichotcherov says because we see there's one place in the Torah where it's supposed to say with Mapikay and it doesn't. So we see that Mapikay is not so important, and therefore um, you don't need to repeat the Chazan who says Mapikay. However, that but this Eshel Avram is very mechudish. It's very. It's a big chiddush to suggest such a thing, and I found there's a sefer called Chavetzalas Hasharin. 
um, he goes through, and I, this, 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 this makes more sense to me. He says you have to differentiate between two or perhaps three types of mapic haze. There are mapic haze which change the meaning of the pasuk. So, for example, isha means a woman. Isha means her husband. In Pasha Soto, we had the in Pasha a few weeks ago, in Pasha Nosei, Vihishka es hamayim. Vihishka es hamayim means you should feed the water. Vihishka es hamayim means you should feed her the water. Right? You should give her the drink. I don't think in English there's no word feed is for food. Is there a parallel word for drink? When you give somebody to drink that you've... I don't know if there's a word for that. No, there is no special You've drunk. Okay, right? So... So he wants to say that it depends. He says, if it's a word like la, which can never mean anything else, yeah, or for a, or for a, right? Or pirsha, like I had pirsha, sorry, pirsha, oira mean, you're just not reading the word correctly, but it's not going to be confused with meaning something else. So then he says, perhaps you don't need to correct them, but if it's a word like isha, vihishka, etc., um, then you do have to correct him. And I'm not sure that the Yishal Avram would disagree with that. It could be he was talking for the most part, they don't. He then, that people know the difference. Well, the, the, whether the word makes a difference how you read it or not. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, I mean, matter if the people okay. know the difference. It matters if the Balkara knows the difference. He's supposed the ones to say it the right way. So if you said it the wrong way, and right. somebody knows, and then he should... Somebody knows, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully okay. So. He wants to. He has a third t- type, which is not, which he remains sarichion. He says, "What about a word like ba? Ba in it? So if you say it without the mapike, it doesn't mean anything else. But he says, if you say it without the mapike, it could sound like you're reading instead of base hey, base aleph, and base aleph oh. means something else. It come. means come. So that he's, uh, he, he, he remains uncertain about. Now, there's other there's other things which are so, somewhat questionable. First of all, you have things of milaela milara, whether you have the emphasis." on the end of the word or the beginning of the word, which could change the meaning of the word. Now, the same is true in English, for sure, in sentences, where depending on which word you put the emphasis on the sentence, it changes the meaning of the sentence. So, um, uh, what are you doing means, what in the world are you doing? What are you doing means, why are you doing it and not somebody else? Right? Um, I don't know if in English you have the same thing when within, on one word, that the different, that, that, that the emphasis... Um, changes, but in national Kurdish in the yeah, Torah, there are four different interpretations of the same sentence. You gave one with two different interpretations. Yeah, but I'm asking if in English you have it on a word. Can the emphasis on one part of a word and a different part of the word in English well, change depends. the meaning? If you're black, it's defense. Right. What you doing? If you're white, it's defense. Police. Well, it doesn't change Police. the meaning. <laughs> Ambulance. Police. What if you're Italian? What do you know about Ebonics? You're from South Africa. So, so there's some interesting examples. First of all, the most famous example is that Rashi brings on Chumash and Parshas Vayetze. It says, within a few psukim, three psukim apart from each other, it says that Rachel was coming. The first time it says Rachel Ba'o Im The second time it says Rachel Ba'o Im Yeah, like we have in the Haggadah, the Rebbe says that the Rebbe Rashab used to say in Vayetze Ma'anya, Right? means that she's coming. means that she came. Um, so that would make a difference that has to be corrected. There is an example. He brings here an example of a word um, in the Torah. In, in the but he says the word v'shavu, depending on where you put the emphasis, could either mean they returns or it means they're captives. Right, so he brings one pasuk where you have both. This is we actually discussed this uh, in, the, in the we brought this pasuk in the shir that we gave on facing Mizrach. This is from the this is the pasuk taken out of the tefillah of Shleimah Hamelech, and he, when they when after when he inaugurated the base of Mikdash, and he says they will return to you with a whole heart and soul. from the land of the enemies. Asher Shavu Oisam, who took them captive. So the same word, in the beginning of the Pasuk is Shavu, and it means they will return. And in the end of the Pasuk is Shavu, and it means they were taken captive. Now, this rabbi who wrote this article, he, has a, he gets very bothered with the... with the... with the... With the um, I just want to say one more thing. There's also Shvanah, and Shvanach can also change the meaning of a word. 
So, in certain cases, oh, we already mentioned a lot of examples, a euro of a euro. Okay, there's other examples also. Um, okay, now, so he goes through all the words that we use, that would make a difference on the word, not me, not making, like he says, he goes through like this, ve'ohavta means, and you loved. Ve'ohavta means, and you will love, or you shall love. And there's a lot of words like that in the Torah. And he goes, Lamaisa, he, he, he brings enough basis to be makal, not to make the Balkara repeat um, those type of mistakes, which seem to be, which many people don't even know. Anyway, he goes, um, there's a lot to say about that. So I have uh, a word that finishes with the shin and the next word that starts with the shin also. Lalafrid bein advekim, that's something else. That doesn't change the meaning. That's just about... You saw Shkar. So, no, like Kodesh Shemai. Yeah, so the, again, finish with the shin and start so the next word. Good Balkaira differentiates and stops in between every. Before I fall asleep entirely. I'm sorry, I'm just tired. We say that the word in the Shema, Ukesharitam. Some people say Ukesharitam, some people say Ukesharitam. Oh, so that's a Machloikas between the Bali Diktok, and the basic Machloikas is like this. A word by definition can never start with a Shvanach, and a word can never start with a silent Shvanach. So, with, w- one of the rules of Shvanach and Shvanach is if it's the beginning of the word, it's a, it's a pronounced Shvanach. So, the word Keshartam is never going to be Kshartam, it's Keshartam. So, then the Machloikas between the various Bali Diktok is when you then add a prefix onto the word, the prefix and. Does so ukshartam? So mitzad the. In other words, if you're looking as far as the laws of dikduk, when you have a shava after the u, it can be a silent shava. But does the k retain its status as the first letter of the word even after you've added on the u? So there's different opinions, and I mean, I'm definitely not in a position to. To, to rule on that. Within the Tilas Hashem Sidurim itself, they've changed, and the older ones that used to have were with the star, I think now they took away the star, whatever. Um, do we still have time? Or what time is it? <coughs> time is now seven minutes after ten. Okay, I'll read to you. I, I, I don't think anybody minds if we go a couple minutes over. Last week we finished a few minutes earlier. A very interesting Shaila ch- uh, and a Chuva from Ramosha Feinstein over here. And then I'll say what the Rebbe has to say about this Shaila. This letter is printed in Guzmesha, and it's written to Rabbi Michal Tversky of Milwaukee, who's the father of Rabbi Tversky of Pratt and Richmond, about Shinri Havaris, the different pronunciations between Ashkenaz and Svarad and everything in between. I'm missing a paper here. I know I'm not going to have it. Right? So Ramosha starts off by saying that he says, for sure... Okay, Ramosha has an assumption. Ramosha's understanding is that only one of the Havaris that we have today, either Ashkenaz or Svard, is, quote, the correct way that Moshe Rabbeinu used to uh, spoke. And um, that, that, is the, um, yeah, that is the correct um, Havara. And the other one is mistaken. What a, and it's Machlokas, the Ashkenazim hold that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke like this, and the Sfaradim hold Moshe Rabbeinu spoke like that. So he says like this. He says, you have to say that everyone would agree that the other one is also kosher. It's also considered a kosher Lashon HaKadosh. And he says his proof is from Chalitza. The halacha is, but more specifically, more way it comes to the point is Chalitza. The Gemara says in Soita that Chalitza, we learn out from the Pasuk, has to be exactly like this, that the words of Chalitza, in order for the Chalitza to be a kosher Chalitza, and this woman to now be allowed to marry somebody else, the words of the parish of Chalitza have to be said exactly the way they are in the Torah. So he says, Ramayisha, so what's going to happen now? If a Sephardi woman gets Chalitza, then a Nashkenazi is not allowed to marry her, or vice versa. So he says that is... Redactio ad absurdum. absurdum, right? Yes, that's absolutely absurd. Right, so he says you can't say that, and therefore you have to say that any accent of Loshna Kodesh that has been accepted within any community of Yidden is a valid Loshna Kodesh. So 
notwithstanding the fact that only one of them is the correct historically, but they're all kosher. And he says even within Ashkenazi Havaros itself, you have the, the, the way it is from the Polish say it, and the way the Hungarians say it, and the way the Russians say it, and, and the way the, 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 the Dutch say it, and, the, you know, everyone has... So he says only one of them is right, all the other ones have... Um, so Lamai so he says, are you allowed to change Havaros? So he says, not allowed to change, and because your minhag is, your mesoira is, that this is the correct way. In other words, if I'm an Ashkenazi, then my minhag is to, un, to, to go with the assumption that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke like an Ashkenazi, and therefore I'm not allowed to change. And even though a Sephardi Chalitza is kosher for me, that is not the real Lashon HaKadosh, and because it's appropriate to daven in Lashon HaKadosh, because then the Malachim... Um, of course, that's provided that a person understands Lashon HaKadosh. If a person doesn't understand Lashon HaKadosh, we spoke about between Mincha and then it's better they should daven in a language they understand. But if a person understands Lashon HaKadosh, then it's better to daven in Lashon HaKadosh because the Malachim help out. So he says, if I'm going to start davening in a, in a, in a distorted version of Lashon HaKadosh, like, for me, that would be the Sephardi pronunciation, so then... So then that's no good. And he finishes off in saying that, therefore, it is clear that in our communities we have to teach our children in the schools to keep our local yeah. minhag, and the local minhag is Ashkenazim. But and therefore, the make sh- fun of anyone else. Of course not. Sense. But therefore, the schools in Milwaukee have to continue teaching in the Sephardi Havara. Now, this tshuva was written... Ashkenazi or Sephardi? Ashkenazi. I'm sorry, Ashkenazi. This tshuva, I'm just looking at, was written in 69. There is a strong... There's another problem, because... The, in, uh, part of the Zionist movement right. had a strong influence that people should start using the Sephardi Havara. Yeah. When does the Masora become Masora? So there's two problems with that. One is one about Ashkenazim changing to Sephardi Havara. The other is that the Zionist Nevrit Havara is not the true Sephardi Havara either. There are certain things there which are like the Ashkenazi. For example, most people who speak of Rit don't pronounce the Ayin and the Ches properly, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean, many Sephardim do also. Anyway, but the, the point, the, the, so, the, 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 but based on Ramosha's ruling that once it's become accepted, it's accepted, so nobody will say that if somebody did Chalitza in Ivrit, it's not a kosher Chalitza. So that's Ramosha, that's Ramosha's take on things. The truth is that I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think, I think, I think the general understanding is that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't speak like the Ashkenazim, probably not like the Sephardim either. If anything, closer to the way the Yemenites speak, but probably not exactly like that either. And like everything, things evolve over the years, and they're all kosher. The Rebbe has numerous letters where he speaks about changing over um, from Ashkenazi to Sephardim. And generally, the Rebbe's approach is like this. The Rebbe says, in general, um, he doesn't see any reason to change from one to the other. They're both perfectly good, and everyone should keep to their tradition of what their, their ancestors did. However, if there is a reason to change, then you can, you're not allowed to mix. That means within each tefillah, so for example, the Rebbe said this to Rabbi Reitzis, who is a shliach in the north of Israel in a place called, if I'm not mistaken, Rosh Pina, yeah. Um So in Israel, it's very, I, I know when I was a Miftoyim in Israel, in Purim once, I was laying the Megillah for a group of 20 people, and it was of Shabbos, I was rushing back to Chabad. So before I started, I, I, I apologized. I said, I'm not able to do this in, in, the, in Ivrit. I'm going to say it in Lashon HaKadosh. And bear with me. You know, I, I, I felt bad. If I would have had an Israeli bacha with me, I would have asked him to do it. So I'm reading the Megillah, and about halfway through, this 10-year-old girl pipes up, Avalani lo mevina shum davar. So in, in Eretz there's many shluchim and people who their own personal pronunciation is Ashkenaz, but when they're leading services, they want to do this as far as you have aura. So the Rebbe said that's perfectly okay, as long as you don't mix. So if you're going to say the parts that the Chazan says loud in the Sephardi pronunciation, so then you have to say the whole davening in the Sephardi pronunciation. Don't mix between one and... I spoke to the Rebbe a lot about this, because he ran a shrift in Australia, but 60 to 70% of the girls were Mizrahi girls. And the school always did it in Ivrit. And the Lubavitcher uh, girls were arguing What did the Rebbe say? I believe my father kept it Ivrit, because right. that was the majority. And that's so the Rebbe didn't seem to have any... What did the Baal Shem Tov do? How did he say Elokeinu? Oh, one second. That's what we're finishing off with. The Baal Shem Tov. But, I don't, so the Rebbe's opinion is that it doesn't really matter which Havari you do, as long as you don't mix within one filler. I'm going to finish off with a fascinating mimer of the Alter Rebbe, which I 
heard about, but I only found it uh, actually inside in on Friday. It's a mimer which is a half a page. This is the entirety. This is the entirety of the mimer. Um, for those who um, I think it's worth the extra few minutes to listen to. Says the Alter Rebbe like this, Loshon HaKodesh has become distorted. There is not a single person who speaks Loshon HaKodesh with all the letters and diktukim. And in, in, in one country they, see these, they say these letters and vowels correctly and in other countries they say the other ones correctly. And even the Baal Shem Tov and the Arizal didn't speak Loshon HaKodesh without uh, any distortions. How is it possible that the Baal Shem Tov and the Arizal would daven in a distorted language, Chas V'Sholem? Right? It seems to be saying that there's no one, there's Faradim, the Taimanim, no one saying it exactly the way Moshe Rabbeinu says it. Says the Alter Rebbe, the Indian is like this. The, the, says the Alter Indian is like this. Lemailo, there's no Osius Gashmim. Lemailo, there's no physical Osius Chas V'Sholem. It's all spiritual things. And it's these spiritual existences that... Um, the, and, and spiritual letters that was relevant to the Arizal and the Baal Shem Tov in their Kavonis. And when it comes down the matter in this world, so um, there's different reasons why the, every, every place has, basically everything is why in this place this letter is like this, and in that place that letter is like this. And he says the Magid of the Beshosef, the Beshosef had the teacher, the, Mal, the Magid, um, who also taught him this Indian? He says, Lamaila, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing um, that's uh, distorted. Um, but it had to be that the way it came down, that this person had this killer and this person had this killer. Anyway, the, the gist of Al Tareb's thing is that it's accurate to say that nowadays there is no one who's saying it the way Moshe Rabbeinu said it, and it doesn't matter, that's the way it's supposed to be. The Ashkenazim are supposed to be saying Elikeno, and the Taimanim are supposed to be saying this. And as I dive, as I. By the same token, you could say. Progress it and say that if we all decide now to do like Ivrit in Israel, that should be fine, no problem. No, so it, without any compelling reason to change, Hold on, is there seven people? Are there seven people who are? No, but he doesn't need. There's no, there's no minion, so we'll just make a regular Muslim. The first show that you recorded, you didn't send me the email. You sent me an email, but you didn't have the attached recording.